Stardate 1230.2021. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. I'm your reluctant captain, Mike Garcia. With me on the view screen, we have Mariah Gossett. And me, at Baron <laughs> Von Grant. You changed my name on here. You had Grant 2. So <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, I thought I should update your name for you. Uh, Clyde might be joining us tonight. We're not sure. But either way, this week we are streaming the pod live on YouTube. We're talking galactic, <laughs> galactic-wide Zoom meetings, uh, portable spore drives. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Is Zora the new data? And of course, we plan Saru and President Tarina's first date. Is it their first date or second date? We'll see. We'll discuss. We'll um, but to but to connect, it's the seventh episode of season four and a the start of a mid-season break for Discovery. Uh, returning, it's going to return in February. Uh, we'll get new episodes of Prodigy coming in January. Uh, but this episode was written by Terry Hughes, Burton, and Carlos Cisco. Hey, Cisco. Uh, and directed by Lee Rose. Uh, before we dive into it, hey, Mariah, can you remind folks about the live chat? Yeah. So if you would like to int- uh, interact with us during our live chit chat here on YouTube, you can do that by c- typing capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod uh, during the episode. And before that, if you have uh, maybe a hot take, which we around here call a hot freak, you can also plug that into the chat as well, which I think it is now time for us to gather our thoughts for some hot freak. I really wish we had a holiday themed one. Oh, there was the Home Alone one. We didn't do that one. Yeah, that one. I fixed it. I fixed it. Happy holidays, everybody. Um, Yeah, we 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 had a we missed last week. Uh, We didn't plan on missing it, but we did miss it. But we are back with some hot freaks. Um, All right, hot freaks. Disco season four, episode seven. Uh, Mariah, I want to hear from you. Yeah. Um, I love this episode. I think besides maybe the season opener, this might be one of my favorites of the season. Um, I think it's such a fun callback to so many classic Trek episodes, which are, you know, long debates of ethics, first contacts, political drama. It was really fun to kind of go back to that space. And I thought um, we got to see some really fun and uh, interactions between our cast. I'm glad we got to see a little bit more ensemble work, which I've been craving between some of our uh, crew members and the discussion around Zora, as well as seeing, I think, our two, like the best duo in the galaxy, Book and Burnham, kind of go head to head. And you had a lot of deep emotional moments with the two of them in this episode. So overall, I really enjoyed it. Also, we got to see so many costumes and makeup. Like, just shouts to the production team because I can only imagine how difficult it was to say, oh, we have to have an entire galaxy meeting. Okay, let's come up with 90 different (laughs) species and what they should all look like. Uh, So yeah, I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Great. Go ahead. You should should go next. I should go next. All right. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode. This was a strong one. 
for the season. Um, we didn't cover last week's. I liked it a lot better than last week's. Last week's, um, there really wasn't anything wrong with what it was trying to do or how it did it. It just didn't grab me. But this week's really, really did grab me. Um, yeah, it felt like a lot of it felt like classic Trek, which is good. The whole like idea of communication and diplomacy versus a violent response in the face of an extremely dangerous threat. You know, that classic Star Trek tension was there, but the show also tied it to a relationship that most of us watching are really invested in. Book and Michael, they were on opposite ends of the spectrum, which uh, uh, I, I think has kind of been simmering in the background through this entire season, but really came to a forefront in this episode. And it looks like there's going to be a huge rift between them after what we saw at the end of this episode. So I'm looking forward to jumping back in in February and seeing where that takes us. So, But this episode put us in um, – it, it really ramped up the stakes uh, emotionally. And also um, I really loved the way um, Zora was brought in as a character and the way that um, Gray and uh, – Adira were there to to kind of be be Zora's benefactors and stand up for Zora uh, as as a new sentient being, a person. That whole discussion was fascinating. The return of David Cronenberg was great. I'm getting to really look forward to his him showing up just as much as I look forward to um, uh, Jet Reno's appearances. Uh, I think he's a great addition to the show, and hopefully he can come on more and more. Uh, there's a lot more to say about this episode. I've been traveling. I'm a little groggy. Uh, I liked it. We'll talk about it more. What do you think, Grant? Uh, so full disclosure, uh, I did not see the past two episodes prior to this one. <laughs> not full disclosure. We say absolute candor. Absolute, absolute candor. <laughs> Fair. Um, so uh, that's why we started a minute late. I was getting Mariah and Mike to give me a quick download of what happened. <laughs> Um, uh, that said, watching this episode, uh, for the most part, I felt like I was able to follow along with a lot of the threads that were still going on and kind of pick up pieces of like who Tarka was and what else had kind of transpired in the past two episodes. Um, there was a lot of really interesting, a lot of fun elements to this episode. It had, um, like, like you guys already mentioned, I, th I think the, um, the discussion and analysis of Zora's um, evolution and um, how they they come to define and integrate Zora as part of the team and um, accept Zora was really cool. Um, it was it was a, a fun path that they took, and it you know I, I definitely had vibes of um, of Vision becoming becoming a person in the mcu i was like oh are we gonna get a, a human version of zora that's gonna be pretty sweet but now i i like the fact that they're gonna leave zora as the ship itself and now give more credence to um that character uh, over on the other side i think it's fun seeing this the growing tension and kind of the the breakdown of the relationship between burnham and, and book uh i mean they're on the verge of yeah, a breakup, it seems, because philosophically, they can't be on the same page. And for what the writers have done a fantastic job of of building 
as a reason why, you know, it, it's not forced. It's, you know, that they, she's always been a strict advocate for, for the ideals of the Federation, or at least, you know, since starting a war with uh, the Klingons and he, um, you know, he's, he's hurt and doesn't want anyone else to go through that same pain. So it's like that they're neither is wrong, but the conflict is unresolvable. And I, I just find how they got to that point. Great. Even if I found a lot of other elements of the negotiations kind of corny, (laughs) um, ultimately I like this episode. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to have a very long discussion about book and Burnham and the future of book and Burnham. Cause I don't think they're going to break up. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't think we're going there either. Uh, I want to jump into some of the hot freaks in the comments. Our first hot freak from home chicky, uh, Baron Von Grant, your hair is wild as fuck. <laughs> I didn't brush it. So <laughs> it's like this. Yeah. Thanks. I guess. Still Maybe. going for the Tim Riggins. I can <laughs> I wanted to. My hair doesn't want to do the Tim Riggins. So right. I get I get whatever this is. Wild oh, AF. A whoosh. A woof. A woof. <laughs> it's like beyond a whoosh, it's woof. <laughs> if you're only listening and not watching the video, you miss an watch out. the video. Star Trek Pod.co slash YouTube. All right. Uh Chupi. my hair. <laughs> Just for grandsir. Chupi says, okay, my hot my hot freak is all caps. Book left grudge with Michael. He doesn't think he's coming back. Cry face, cry face, cry face. I don't necessarily think it, it means Book doesn't think he's coming back. I think he means there's a he thinks there's a chance he might not come back because he's on a dangerous mission. Because he's, what, flying with some crazy uh, egotistical Ryzen with some, um, uh, you know, stolen sport drive tech and they're going to dump a bomb in the middle of this thing that's destroyed planets and cross their fingers. Probably doesn't think he's coming back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, fair if, point, Chupi. Yeah. If I was to write a uh, season cliffhanger at the end of this season, it would be it's book alive at the end of all of this. I I say kill book. It's it's poetic. It's powerful. No. I don't know if it would have much impact for me a book died this season because not before they break up break up and then die because his entire (laughs) dark at the end of 2021 (laughs) his entire planet and family are dead and we saw that happen so the impact of book dying would i don't know it just wouldn't hit like it should you know i just hope zora realizes that the only true way to protect all the ones she loves is to kill them all is just destroy everyone on the discovery. And that's how this ends, Mariah. Earn it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm feeling good. Everything's great. Yeah. Um, what's Greg's next- been watching the Terminator franchise, apparently. <laughs> apparently. What's the next hot break? Uh, we have Puds38. My hot break is the person behind the DMA is the guy Tarka is looking for. Oh, we're going into theory corner already. Mm interesting so talk about that because i was watching this and i didn't see um the other two episodes as i already mentioned so i was figuring who tarka was referring to was aurelio 
Mm-hmm. Um, but but Mariah was quick to say, nope, not that guy. So do we have any guess as to who this other person was? Like, did we see them or is it just... We haven't seen them. It was his previous lab partner that he was forced to work with under the Emerald chain. Um, And so they, you know, trauma bonded, maybe trauma in, I I get in love feelings. I don't know if it's just platonic love or a romantic love, but um, I would think if there's anything that would cause you to be willing to blow up the galaxy, it's usually a romantic love. Um, So Hmm. It's, I think that's a pretty strong theory. I've also been thinking I, it's it's potentially, you know, uh, I feel like this writer's room in particular loves when emotions and like um, individuals somehow cause these very giant effects to the entire universe, um, which could also play a little bit into, I know they've been trying to sort of lightly tap on the pandemic and the idea that you have to all cooperate to get through things together and that, you know, it's often you can feel isolated and alone. So if it is down to individual responsibilities of actions are necessary for everyone in the greater good could be an interesting way to tie it all together. Remember remember in the first, uh, was it the pilot episode or maybe the second episode where um, Stamets, had a really long time science partner that they would work on the sport drive together. That dude died and is like, all right, whatever. Bye. (laughs) In that grisly, grisly, uh, like accident. Yeah. It was like awful. The giant tardigrade bears were like running down the hall, eating everyone or some shit. (laughs) And it was like, Oh, that guy's dead. Ah, Tough luck. Tough, tough breaks. Never hear from him again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although Chupi just commented uh, that she thought that might be similar, uh, similar theory, but it could possibly not be a true story, which would also be interesting if Tarka is making up things in order to pull at books, heartstrings to get him along for the ride. Cause he needs someone to navigate using the sport drive. So and what's so- the motivation then? Like who well, is Tarka? Tarka's motivation is trying to get to the power source. One- the power source to get to this one version of earth or this one version of the universe, this alternate reality where everything is perfect, where his friend or partner might be waiting for him. And it's, it's the perfect kind of motivation for a guy like Tarka, a guy who thinks he's above it all and doesn't belong in the world that he's in or is too advanced for the world or the time that he's in, that he wants to escape to a completely different reality to where where maybe he belongs. So if he's if he's single-minded about that and so single-minded that he'll steal Starfleet technology and uh, take off and try to enact this plan that the entire Federation Council voted against, mm-hmm. then yeah, he's totally capable of manipulating Book and getting him killed and not caring just to meet his own ends. I think that's what's going on. Right. I mean, based on your description, he sounds like the most relatable person on this show. <laughs> you know, just Grant. willing to manipulate for anything that he wants. Stab mm. anyone in the back to get to that better reality. Cause we're all stuck in this hell. I mean, <laughs> we're in the darkest so, timeline, everyone. And if you've got a jump ship, I get it. Grant, uh, somebody's in the mood. Do you need to watch some Ted Lasso or something? Grant? I, I know. <laughs> Got to go back. <laughs> Start from the first season. I need that. Thing. By the way, I started watching that, and I, yeah, I'm very happy. It's so very good. happy, Matt. Yes, a, I needed. I needed that. Yeah. That show this week. Um, another hot freak from Edward. Edward says, 
amazingly well done bottle episode. Was this a bottle episode? I don't know if I would call it a bottle episode because we yeah. had multiple locations, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bottle episode. I mean, in the classic sense, it's a it's a time and money saving type of episode where everything happens in one location, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, Breaking Bad, the Fly episode oh, is like a classic example. No, I was just going to this so I could pouty lip. <laughs> Home Chicky says Baron Von Grant is depressed. Moving on. Uh, speaking of emotions that, <laughs> yeah do you need to talk about it grant okay we're here for you okay grant we see you <laughs> if you need to be seen like zora mm-hmm. um which speaking of zora she will not give up those uh those locations to this species at the top of this episode i wanted to ask are y'all uh as we prepare for our impending takeover of the of the robots eventually are you people who say please and thank you to your uh series or alexas what do you think i am am i a person who says please and thank you you're a no. person that berates them like yeah I-, <laughs> I feel like i've seen at the studio you just yell at them <laughs> because they don't do what i command <laughs> Google, we're doomed. Seals <laughs> kiss from a rose. Damn it! Exactly. I want some karaoke version. Give me the real deal. Um, but uh, yeah. it does seem kind of uh, ominous that Zora doesn't want to give them the details because it's not like Zora isn't fully aware that. Michael Burnham is a God walking among men (laughs) that um, a a true force of nature. If Michael Burnham wills something to happen, she can broker peace or destroy all of um, 10 C or whatever the the villain Mm -hmm. thing is like, but still she's like, "Mm -mm, even you can't handle this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see where she's coming from in a virtuous standpoint, but then it was like, by the end of it, she just was like, oh, I've reevaluated now kind of thinking about it in a larger scale. And yeah, y'all can, y'all can have it. But I do think, you know, the getting from point A to point B, there is a lot more just like ethic morality chit chat rather than like trying to convince her to give us to give them the, um, the, the location, which I thought was more interesting. Cause I think if it was mm-hmm. just let's play logic games with a computer, it wouldn't be as interesting. Instead, let's, let's think about the ethics and the, um, issues that might arise by having a fully sentient being that's attached to your computer, which Brilliant. technically we're all sentient beings that are attached to some sort of computers. <laughs> Relatable as well. Yes. Yes. Bring, we're all Zoras. <laughs> we're all Zoras bringing, bringing COVID in as a, as a conduit to that deeper conversation about Zora's place, Zora's uh, existence and the problem uh, inherent in, in Zora's existence and how to solve it was great. I love when this character comes in to mediate these types of issues, just like he came in a few episodes ago and, and did a similar thing. I have no idea. Maybe this is just me, but I have no idea like, what his position is or why he's called in to do these things. But I think casting um, Cronenberg, he just has that really stoic intellectual, but somehow removed, but somehow um, still um, uh, 
empathetic vibe. You know what I mean? Like he's cold and calculating, but you but you can tell he comes from a place of I want to figure this out and do the right thing for everyone here. You if know, he doesn't Stamets, have his own if, agenda. If Stamets didn't agree, he said, I would I would have just simply thrown you out the airlock. Yeah. No biggie. <laughs> I would have assigned him to a different ship. But um, <laughs> I did really like, um, oh, goodness. I your just husband lost. and both your kids are on this ship. I would have just thrown you to another <laughs> ship. Thrown you out. Don't worry about it. Oh, when Stamets walks in and is like, oh, play music. Everybody in for a group hug. And Saru's like, I ain't moving. What the fuck is up? Why are you doing this? Which is <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not even considering this for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? I felt there was something a little weird, though, about the idea that uh, they spend this episode talking to Zora and and coming to a logical place where, Zora, we will acknowledge your existence, but we need you to cooperate with the uh, collective effort of and, and and trust and goodwill that we're all kind of working toward. And Zora rolls over and, and shows her belly and is like, fine, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll accept that. And then Stamets rolls in one more scene. He's like, it's not enough. I need you to kiss the ring. <laughs> like, it was like, it was like, Hey, Zora gave you a kill switch and then also gave you the coordinates. And, and Stamets is like, no, we need to induct you into Starfleet. You have to take oaths and you will never challenge like it, it's unfair it feels like because I'm like it's everyone else will challenge the captain for in like every other episode but you're making this brand new baby robot like not challenge the, <laughs> the captain our, th- this is showing our perspectives our different perspectives grant because you kind of you, that's coming from a um i don't know my perspective was that stamets brought that up at the end because he wants to give Zora the chance to become a member of the crew. He thinks that's a good idea. Not because, you know, oh, you have to come in and kiss your ring and make me believe it. But, hey, I have a solution and you can be one of us. He did it with positive intentions. Clyde's here. Yeah. What's up? Hi, Clyde. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Clyde. Was, hey. Your, your Christmas music? What's going on there? Uh. My guess is that's Picard. So I was the next episode started playing, and you know how I feel about Picard. <laughs> so I was trying to stop it as fast as possible. Just take a hammer to it. It's a great hey, show. Clyde, it's we, a good show. Good show. Clyde, we haven't heard your hot freak. What's your hot freak on this episode seven of season four? Wow. Um, I, I'm getting in the habit of watching television that. I don't know. It feels like before, if you missed the last few minutes, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I kind of understood what's going to happen. Discovery in particular, and lots of television like it, it's like if you missed the last like 30 seconds, you've completely missed like really what the whole show was about. I'm still not sure what I'm more excited about the last couple minutes or the preview of what's coming next. Oh my Mm. goodness. I do feel like there was so much like set up over the last couple weeks that the payoff, you know, these pay, you never know if you're actually going to get this payoff. Um, But there was, there was a great amount of payoff in this one. And so I enjoyed this one. I wasn't sure if I was going to really like this one. I was like, Oh no, like we had this whole episode in the storm and you know, Michael almost dying. Not sure I feel about that. This one was like, hold on to your seats. 
So yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm like, wow. So I'm kind of all over the place, but ultimately I, I've been waking waiting for this divide between book and Burnham. It's been coming and coming and coming. And so now that we see it, I'm like, paid off. So So uh Grant seems to be on team hoping they break up by the end of the season. I am fervently I don't think they can break up. They just have to fi- figure out that through your differences, your love can be stronger, which I think is what we're hopefully getting towards. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm all, look, I'm always for love, right? I'm always for love. I'm always for reconciliation. Um, I think in this particular, you've got some philosophical differences and some grief and hurt. Uh, I think that if Quajon had not been destroyed, I wonder what books, what his perspective on this situation would be, right? And so if if it wasn't for Quajon, if if this was an anomaly that showed up before it killed anyone, would he still be saying, you've got to destroy this thing, right? Just at the potential, much like what we see, saw with Zora um, and going, do you, do you destroy Zora just because of the potential? Um, and so I loved how those two... Uh, kind of plot A and plot B paralleled each other. And so I, I am, I'm on team. I want them to stay together and work through this, but I'm, I'm, that's my role for just about everything. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, this is Star Trek, right? So when we're having the debate over, Hey, should we uh, approach this unknown destructive force with Federation ideals or should we just shoot it with the pew, 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 I mean, the show wants us to be on the side of Federation ideals, but it does present a good case for the pew, 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 right? Especially when we see it through the perspective of book. We were there with him, right? We saw his family killed. We saw his planet destroyed. We saw all of his, all of all the emotional fallout he had after that. And if, if you're paying attention to the show and you're a fan, you feel that. You feel that for book. So for me watching this, it was a bit of a push and pull because I love Star Trek. I love the ideals. I'm all for let's start with communication and hope for the best and um, and let's go forward without the intent to harm, even though something is harming us, but we don't know its intent. Let's find that out first. Let's approach this with peace. I'm all for that, but I'm also feeling the opposite argument because uh, that opposite argument is told to me and filtered through books, emotional perspective, which I'm very invested in. So I found that very compelling. That being said, yeah, I, I'm all for um, the, the Starfleet, you know, way of things. And do I think book is going, we talked about book potentially dying in this season. I think that'll be a little too much for Burnham to handle a little too much like emotional stress for Burnham. We don't need to have her on the edge, like every episode or down in the dumps in every episode. And I, I think killing book would be less impactful because we've already seen his whole planet destroyed. I mean, it would, it would just feel less impactful. I, I don't think they're going to break up. I do. I, I am an optimistic trekker, just like Mariah who hopes that they can, they can, become a stronger duo uh, after articulating their differences and learning from each other, which is what we should all be doing in this universe. I would um, argue we already yeah. saw them break up. I think yeah? when he bore his soul to the entire yeah. council of how passionately he feels, and then she decided, 
hey, I'll counter argue your heart and soul. She made a decision, and that was the end of it. Nope. I he just saw her point. He dropped off nope. with her because he he turns and looks at her like the fuck. And uh, I didn't think it was off. that. I think he was. He's done talking. I knew you had to do that. I yeah. I think he that. Was, uh, I think they'll get back together, but I think that was a line drawn that if no. he walks away, I get it. No, because I, I look at this and go, if if that was the case, if it was a true breakup, right? You don't leave grudge with with your ex, right? If if well, it, this is if grudge, he's, he's, he, but he's going on a death mission, so leave him stamina. That's what we are already discussing. Leave, leave him with somebody else. Leave him with anyone Ooh, else. He's got no other buddy. No, he's got him and Stamets. They're like two like pieces. is the only one that she can, that responds with indifference to the dangling. I, I bet there's somebody else on that ship who has seen Grudge. Like you, you're telling me on the whole Grudge ship, only the, likes her. Now, the only two people who talk to Grudge is Burnham and. Burnham. That's why we saw that scene. No, I. I uh, there's no, not a, I, a cat. There's not like a, a sentient cat person on board. Like like in a like the doctor in a. They would not get along. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually agree with Mariah. I think that look was not so much about like, how could you? It was more of, I disagree, but I respect that you had to speak up. And to me, like, that's beautiful, right? Like, if I'm being honest, I'm looking and going, you have two people who love each other. And both are saying, this is what I believe in. And to be able to speak that way and not feel betrayal because someone disagrees with you, I think is a beautiful thing, man. Well, because I feel like we got a lot yeah. of setup for this whole thing to happen when uh, Book Book is obviously thinking about all of this, right, leading up to this meeting and like finding out where this has come from. And when he's hallucinating his dad um, in the episode from last week, his the, you know, essentially his mind through the hallucination of his dad is saying, you are always going to be number two for her. And so you have to decide if you are okay with that. And I felt like that look was that confirmation of like, okay, I am going to always be number two to her duties to the galaxy, but he has to respect that. Right. And I think he does um, still hurt. I mean, there's it's still plenty of room to be hurt by the choice. You know, you have a small sliver of like, maybe she'll come around to my side of things, but Am I ruining this for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this is like, it's a good conversation to have. Cause I think it's just a different perspective on how these conflicts can be resolved, right? It's either resolved through destruction or resolved through unity. And I think typically Trek usually goes for the unity. Yeah. But they've been doing that a lot lately. And I feel like the, we need some destruction. <laughs> yeah. The more interesting move is we need a little bit of uh, a, a little bit of, um, you know, drawing, drawing lines and, and enforcing borders and, and boundaries and saying like, you know what, that was a bridge too far. Um, Burnham, you, I'm trying to find, um, someone had commented earlier about, oh yeah. Uh, Puds 38 said, I always go back to the shark Trek Calypso. So it feels like a member, uh, Zora is a member of Starfleet. Correct. Um, and is it potential that Tarka is going to be the one that starts the war eventually that craft is in and that results in them having to abandon the ship? Tarka is a really interesting character. Like 
I, I guess I didn't see the other episode that he popped up in, but seeing him here, I was like immediately captivated by this person. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't I mean, know if you're bad or good. Um, and that's so a fascinating I, gray line to straddle. I think that's an interesting question that I want to, I want to ask Mike and Mariah who have seen him in the other thing. Right. So it wasn't that long ago. We were looking at Tarka and going, sus definitely sus like more than sus like i think if you asked us where do you think he is it wasn't even sus it was not ask the bad guy this is the bad guy where are you now like i i don't know because the story he has told of trying to go find this his partner this person that he clearly cares for potentially loves um either platonically or romantically is very compelling, right? Like the idea that you would, you would, you would do anything across the universe for somebody that you love, but it could also be so easily created to manipulate book. And maybe there's a nugget of truth in there. It's potentially him and this partner were both in, in it for evil reasons. And now he needs to finish the task and has come up, spun this little, story to get what he needs from book because he needs someone to pilot. And I think um, Chippy also brought up the fact that testing Stamets last week in the experiment um, in the spore drive room where he saw that Stamets is not going to be the one who crosses the line in the same Mm. way that now book will Mm. is very interesting. Like essentially dangled some tests in front of these people and said, Oh, you're willing to break the rules. Nice. I, I want to bring up what that's good. Cool. That's good. P- Way to go, Chupi. I want to bring up what PW Gregory says. I haven't even considered Tarka as a straight up villain for even one second. And I'm kind of there, right? He's a great hat. Um, but just to make it simple, Clyde, to answer your question, I'm going I'm just gonna I'm gonna base my answer on what the show has given us. Okay. Um Tarka is clearly in this for his own selfish motivations, whether they be fueled by friendship or love or by something more sinister. Right now, we don't know, and it doesn't matter. But he's in this for his own selfish motivations, right? Or like a mud character. Yeah, and that always leads to something bad. So I'm still on the majorly sus Mm -hmm. on target. Uh, when he, when we see the uh, scar in the back of the neck, is that because he was part of the same chain, like the, uh, one of the slaves mm-hmm. as part of the chain, yeah. like the um, yeah. world chain, temporarily right. was? So, I mean, I, I think that also lends a bit more more sympathy to his backstory when he's talking about, like, you know, the one partner I had while we were forced to do this stuff for the chain. It, uh, you know, it, even even if ultimately there are selfish motivations um, at play for and, and destructive motivations at play that are going to hurt a lot of people in, in his quest to, to take that power and, and jump ship to another uh, alternate universe, whatever. Um, it, it seems like good writing. He's not a mustache twirly kind of villain. Then there's, there's sympathy that's already constructed into it. Right. Um, so, I mean, it could go that way. We haven't really seen anyone else that's really, um, playing the villain role this season yet. Have we? No, I feel like we were all a little suspicious of the president at first in the same way that we were of the Admiral, but then I feel like slowly we've come (laughs) to, 
<laughs> everyone knew. We're just like, I don't know about you. Um, Except Jet Reno. We're like, she, she's on the level. She's oh, of course. <laughs> Fall in love from day one. Um, always. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It'll be oh. interesting to see. I mean, yeah, so far the big bad has been the DMA. Puds 38 yeah. says, I think Tarka is closer to original Khan than Mud. Oh. Mud is selfish. Khan believed he was making the world better. So yeah, that that that's makes true. a lot of sense. I and you know, from the episode, I obviously need to go back and watch where Tarka um plays off of Stamets, who is a little bit more of our good moral center scientist, right? Um, if, if Tarka is kind of pushing boundaries there to see how far you're willing to go, that does resonate, uh, story beat wise, as far as Mariah saying with a person who's, who's taking those steps into getting us comfortable with them and then doing the, the heel turn big bad kind of thing. That could be fun. I feel like mm-hmm. maybe, um, book maybe going back on the, are they going to break up thing? I think book is potentially destined to, to be a loner. Cause he's still a character that's a bit out of place hmm. on a Starfleet vessel. Right. Um, he's not in Starfleet. He's not in the Federation. He just kind of parks his ship there and, um, and works as an ancillary player. And I wouldn't be surprised if book is going to come to regret his, the decision he made with Tarka at the end of this episode. And it would be interesting to see Book have to do something, color outside the lines of the Federation even more than he already has, i.e. maybe having to kill Tarka to make, uh, to save other people. And that extremely severing his relationship from from Burnham and the Federation and taking him out of the picture. Another good comment here from WYSIWYG. Yep. Uh, Tarka equals bad. If he was trying to get to another universe, he's not going to leave this one better than he found it. I mean, mm-hmm. that yeah. makes a lot of sense because almost never does someone trying to get to a mirror universe, a wormhole, a time machine, do they ever leave the place they're leaving better than they you know, then they found it. Mariah, I'm, I'm tossing you a perfect nugget for something that you can write in the future where <laughs> someone goes into a mirror universe and their whole purpose was to leave the, the other universe better than they find it. Great show. I'd watch it. Um, I, I, you know, I, I agree with this and it's, it's just got me thinking, Mike, you, you said something that has me just kind of contemplating. We keep talking about death, right? Is Tarka going to die before he gets back to his universe? Will will book kill him? Like, I think I, I almost, am, I, at first I was like, Oh, it's star Trek. We, we've had a couple deaths before. I don't know that we're going to need another one. I, I don't know that when this season wraps up that both book and Tarka are still alive. I just don't. I, I and the question I, to me is, mm. what what is the role that 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 Burnham plays in the death of whoever dies? I mean, the other thing that could be interesting is what if in the yeah, series of events that happens to get rid of the DMA in it, Tarka successfully gets to the other universe, but unfortunately drags Book along with him. And so then does Burnham have to try to figure out a way to get book back? Yes. There's yes, season because, five. <laughs> because it's, I mean, now they're just kind of stuck in this boring future 
it'd be better. Maybe that's my opinion. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> wouldn't it be better if now they take this ship that should be able to jump not just between time and space, but also between dimensions? It did no. it before. It jumped can into we, the universe. Can we, can we stop? With no. the discovery can't stay in the same timeline. Well, I don't think they, ha- I don't think they have yeah. to permanently go, but it's like we always love a good mirrorverse episode or two. So, like, why not, Clyde? Not much yes. discovery happens in stasis. No, you gotta keep moving. Here's the thing. I mean, based on I, we probably haven't. And that's yet. how we get Michelle Yeoh back. Michelle Yeoh <laughs> has to help get us into the other universe. You have no, to jump around. You know, I'm always, I'm always pro Michelle Yeoh. But still, <laughs> um, I, look, I think that there's more coming. Right when when I saw the trailer of what's coming next, I, it looks to me like we're getting a new big bad. Yeah. Like I, I mean now. I mean, there was a lot of things exploding and people falling around the the, the bridge for, yeah. for it to be a peaceful contact. I'm just not buying that. It, it feels like we're getting a big bad coming. Here's the other Do you thing. think Tarka's going to turn around and say, my real name is Khan? I mean, or like <laughs> descendant of Khan. Um, I would also, we have not seen any Klingons yet this season. And it would be very interesting to see if this is like the Klingons oh. have like expanded beyond the galaxy. This is their next phase. And then we have the start of whatever war we know has to eventually that, happen for Klingons. That would be a happen. nice, that would be a nice surprise because from the beginning, they've been saying whoever's who, whoever created this, uh, this anomaly is not a species that we know of. It's not any of the godlike species we know of. We ticked off all those boxes. We don't think it's a Q. We, we don't think it's anybody that we know of. They're outside of our galaxy. Who knows who it is? They've been teasing that a lot. And at first, I was like, oh, it's okay. So we can stop. They're doing that so we can stop theorizing that it's the Iconians again or whatever. But now it's like, maybe they're just throwing us a red herring and it's going to be the Klingons. Yeah. It feels like there's a lot of, um, I'm I'm sorry that to do this, Clyde, uh, a lot of parallels to like Star Wars with uh, Palpatine, like Tarka being this person. Oh, I thought you were going to say most. I know, I know, but <laughs> so, the other show. The anytime other show. I reference other pop culture, I feel like you're rolling your eyes already for the audience. Um, but but doesn't it feel a little bit like uh, Tarka is 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 picking out and manipulating book as like uh, uh, an Anakin Skywalker sort that he knows is, is powerful, aka can use the spore drive, um, and he can manipulate him to to join his cause and go against the people that that he was aligned with, um, and he, he's doing this as an opportunist while while he sees like um, some other problems and rifts going on because like. You know, just like in Star Wars, Palpatine wasn't orchestrating all, all of the the chaos that was happening. He just was uh, an opportunist that was able to leverage it for power. And maybe in a similar way, uh, Tarka is bringing Book along, and he's kind of his his acolyte, and he's going to be stuck under his thumb doing more than he bargained for. And at a certain point, he's going to be too much in debt to Tarka to, to easily break away and return to Burnham. And then that's why they're going to be at odds until he has to, you know, choke him out and throw him down a pit while he's being electrocuted or some shit. I like where you're going. However, (laughs) 
I, I would just, I don't think that, I don't think that Tark is that powerful, right? I, I think, I think like, I think Book could take him if it comes down to it. Chupi says, no, I don't think so. Nothing indicated I, I, that. I think this is about the conversation of does Zora know the species? No, yeah. there's no, no it's indication. about Grant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quit using Grant, I, comments. I actually, I actually like where you're going with that, Grant. Like Clyde, I like where you're going there, but no. Um, <laughs> I think, no, Tarka doesn't see Book as anything other than a tool. It's like it's like the thing that, mm-hmm. Book is just, to him, like the, the piece of tech that he stole from the Federation. That's all, yeah. that's all Book is. It, it, he's yeah. a ride. I mean, mm-hmm. the issue is to, and I love the point, he was he was kind of sorting through whether or not he could convince Stamets to do what he wanted, right? Because he realized he needed discovery or he needed that spore drive. And you know, it's and it and and he pushed he pushed Stamets pretty far to the limits, but Stamets had a Jiminy Cricket or you know, Jiminy Saru on his <laughs> shoulder, not letting him go too far. He's capitalizing on Book's grief and 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 his need for vengeance. He's playing him. And he definitely and Mike, that's another evil point in his book, right? Yeah. He's manipulating the guy everyone knows is going through such insane grief. Yeah, but I don't think he's looking for a Padawan. Like he he's he's not looking for a mentee. He book like, throws out uh one long. Yeah, no, I <laughs> no, I think that the minute that they get there and he gets what he wants. He's gonna care less about where book is or what book's doing. He's gonna be out. Yeah. yeah. I. Uh, what did you guys think oh. about? And Mariah, maybe you're you're going here. Um, our our lovely our lovely couple Adira and Gray. Oh yeah. Uh, I I, I think I kind of saw this coming, but Mariah, yeah. what do you think? Oh well, I I first wanted to just mentioned, I thought it was interesting in there's been so much conversation about compromises this season, right? Like Michael Mm -hmm. always seems to be trying to find like the third option in so many Mm -hmm. things. And then for this episode, we are only given option a or option B, which to me would have been like the compromise would have been, let's have disco waiting on the outside of the DMA while we make contact and we'll let you know if they're hostile or not. And if they are kill it, like, (laughs) you know, like, Let's wait and be ready to pull the trigger, but don't pull the trigger until we're just like, hey, y'all, no, Mariah, what's going on here? <laughs> because this president of the Federation is the worst. Um, like, I, it's been 10 anyway. minutes. We've got two options. Let's just go with one of these. Yeah, I don't, it was just <laughs> like, what? what is going on? Anyway, but to get back to Adira and Gray, um, I think... I I think Adira might need some time alone for them to fully grow into themselves. I think they've had this sort of emotional support of gray, both internally and now, uh, you know, as a, as a physical being as well. And I think sometimes you do have to be apart for a bit to, to kind of figure yourselves out before you can come back together. Um, But I will say, I really loved their dynamic in this episode because I felt like it was that conversation about when communities have to grow and change around new members of your community, right? It's, I mean, it was a pretty large like example of like the LGBTQIA plus community, the, the fact that we have all of these letters and the plus and all of this stuff 
in order to expand the umbrella, right? And so you have this younger generation being like, hey, just because you've never encountered someone like this before doesn't mean they don't exist. And so here's how we can kind of figure this out. So I thought it was a really um, nice moment to have, especially with all of our primary kind of uh, LGBTQ plus folks um, present for that, these scenes in particular and that discussion. Yeah. So. I also like the message of just because you haven't encountered someone like this before doesn't mean that this entity or this person should not have all the rights that we have. Right. Yeah. We should be the same way and, and all exactly. of those sort of things. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was really cool. All that said, there was a hilarious moment where Zora makes this kill switch. And I, I saw Stamets look over it at it, and I was like, he's going to just jump and pop. <laughs> I, it, it kind of reminded me of, like, the Janet switch on The Good Place. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Attention. I have been murdered. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, I thought look, he was just going to nab it and put it in his quarters in a drawer. Like, I'm going I'm to keep this safe. Yeah, I got this. Listen, th yeah. These writers are super smart, but this is one of those situations where we've seen the future. Right, we've seen the future, and we know that Zora does not blow up. Mm -hmm. We know that she still has this, you know, because of the Calypso short short track. Um, so it's one of those things where I was like, yeah, but no, like it, it's going to get real creative if they have to do that. So, um, I, I yeah, I was I was okay with it, but I I, I appreciated the sentiment mm -hmm. at, at the beginning. I almost thought they were going to make Zora corporeal and give Zora like a humanoid body. And I was, for a minute, I was into that just because of the novelty of it. But I was like, no, we kind of already did this. Let's do something different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if Zora, you know, having access to all beings could just like mix and match and pick, pick whatever <laughs> to be, I'd be like, yes, let's see this. I'm, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Ooh, someone just said, I always think of there's, there's talk about Calypso and it being in a different universe. And now I'm like, mm -hmm. What if book jumps to a different universe and has to find Zora in this other universe? Anyway, could they use Zora to get back and find yeah parallel Zora to get back? So then there's two disco ships, so one ship has to be left behind. Yeah, I I like there are a couple of people in the comments. PW Gregory and Marge are talking about mm -hmm. a Mass Effects reference. I agree. Love that. Think that's a, a great analogy as well. Um, I don't know. Like all of that was was something that I was interested in, but I think we're getting closer to understanding why what Calypso was about, right? So it, it seems like at some point there is a separation. We don't know why, right? But rather than extract the the sentience from the ship. There was a separation and it could have been, it could be because Zora is saying, Hey, to keep people safe or for, for a reason, I've had to isolate myself. Um, but that's fascinating and sad at the same time. Mm -hmm. it I is, mean, yeah. we're, we're starting also, to like Zora. I, I, but I did want, I, I, I don't know. I kind of want an an anaphomoric hologram or something that mm -hmm. represents Zora. Um, but I don't think we're headed that direction. You get the little blippy talky thing. That's that's all we yeah. get. The little waveform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why has everybody got to be people? <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> don't you love that? Don't you love that? Um, 
it, it's confirmed in this episode that Earth isn't even part of the Federation. That was good. Right now, like it's just made up of all these other, you know, non-human species. Yeah. yeah. Like for for once, the Federation feels. Um, I, I don't want to say alien, but it feels like truly multi, you know, multicultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Multi-dimensional, multicultural. It doesn't feel like something. It doesn't feel like the Earth's military, like it did a lot in mm-hmm. you know in, in the Shatner days, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, uh, Chupi does have a, a good point, Clyde, about the Calypso. Like we've talked about, it, we've seen a future, not necessarily the future. So I hear you. I'm sticking by my thoughts, though. It just helps me <laughs> sleep at night. And yeah, Chupi says, "I really want Calypso to just be its own thing," which. I don't know where I fall on that. Um, Earth did join with Titan, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, that and that was uh, due to Burnham's uh, interference with them, right? And yeah. they're like, hey, they're, they're resource dependent here. And I love every other episode. Like they meet up with somebody from a previous episode. They're like, hey. We're not shitty anymore because of you. Thanks. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> I know. I, I saw, I think, uh, Nan comes back uh, sometime in the yeah. future. I saw yeah, her show yeah. up in the preview. So that's exciting that we get to see her again. Wasn't yeah. she? She's t- like uh, protecting the seeds. Yeah. Yes. She was on the seed protectorship last we saw her. It's got to be lonely. <laughs> Hopefully she made it back to her planet. Yeah. Oh, man. So um, I think we're, are we at the halfway point with, with this season already? I, I don't, so, right? I think we, it's like, we're more than halfway. I, I mm-hmm. usually we get 10 episodes where it's seven. So unless we're getting more than 10 oh, this season. More than 10. Yeah. Um, 12 maybe. I, yeah. Well, I think sometimes we get 13, sometimes mm. 12. It, it just depends. I don't even know how many, if anybody in the chat knows how many episodes we're getting this season, let us know because Last time I talked about how many episodes we were getting, I was wrong. And Anthony yeah, Rapp sure. had to call us out on Twitter and say, <laughs> no, guys, there's four more episodes this season. So, we'll Hey, see. we'll do it again, Mike, ah, because we, yeah. I feel like we, we haven't this heard was from Anthony in a long time. Cool, so if that's what you got to do, do it. This, this was, was a, a pretty cool uh, series finale for the <laughs> show. You're going to miss Discovery. Bye. Bye, Bye show. It's really great. <laughs> Well, besides seeing Nan again, um, did, Clyde, I know that you saw the upcoming teaser for the February return. Mariah, you did. Did you see that, Grant? No. Okay. All right. No. Well, Mariah and Clyde, what are you kind of looking forward to <sighs> when you you know when you saw that teaser? What what got your blood pumping for February? Space the February fights. return. Space fights? Space fights, right? I mean, that hallway walk in those, like, badass, all-black, like, Mission Impossible-style suits. I'm really right stoked. Whatever stuff. that. Looking forward to that. It's going to be Pain cool. and misery. Pain and misery. Just everyone's suffering. That's it's disco. There will, there will be suffering, for sure. Yeah. Not not Miles O'Brien level suffering, but there will be suffering. I'm just hoping whoever was your favorite person um, character in the show chat uh, dies. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> Throwing at the bait. I'm the evil person. <laughs> Twirl that mustache, Grant. All along. So Takako tells us Memory Alpha says there's 13 episodes this season, but IMDb says 11. So who knows? I trust Memory Alpha. 
Yeah, so I would say it's probably the answer's twenty six. We're getting twenty six yeah. episodes this season because last last season was thirteen. Oh. Season two is fourteen, so it's going to be around there. All right, Anthony Rapp, let us know. Let us know how many episodes you filmed this season. <laughs> if you're allowed to tell us. <laughs> if you're allowed to tell us, yeah. That's good. Oh, We're wait. not trying to get you in trouble, Mr. Rap. The one uh, other thing that uh, we didn't discuss, uh, Mike, that you'd mentioned was um, this this budding relationship between Saru and uh, that president lady. Ooh, Saru. I like it. It's so sweet. Look at him. They're the so Navarra, cute. The Navarra lady. And he's Navarra like, president, yeah. I got you. I got you some tea leaves. Hey, listen, was listen. Like, if if you're trying to to you know, I don't want to say Mac, but if you're trying to pursue someone, like you can learn a lot by watching Saru, right? He's like, hey, I'm in. The, I, I wanted to see you. I knew you were around. He didn't show up and just be like, hey, good, nice to see you. What you doing? He came with a gift. That's yeah. what I'm saying, and was very polite and was like, you know, I'd like to see you. Oh, you have some extra time. I'm just saying, if you're looking to figure out how to talk to someone, you could you can learn a lot from Serena. Also, it was thoughtful. He was like, hey, Tarina, I, I really appreciated that you had tea for me for my home world on this last place. Thoughtful. I saw the effort. So here is the plant. And I know it's going to survive in the place that you live. So bring Clyde a gift. <laughs> the, the mind. It's the sexiest organ you got. Yeah. The mind right there. It, it's a sweet, thoughtful adult relationship right yes. yes and that's slowly developing in a natural way and it's i think yeah. maybe people need to see that on tv it's it's really cute. we've come yeah. a long way since ash tyler so i'm i'm with it <laughs> quit bringing up that name you say it twice more it's, he's gonna come back i mean <laughs> listen i i talked to someone recently who asked me about discovery and and i was like oh i love it and i was like do you watch it and they literally said I watched it, but then this douchebag came on and I just couldn't watch it anymore. And I was like, who are you talking about? And eventually I realized it was him. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, you got to keep going. He's not that bad. No. He's I saw someone recently on Twitter saying they kind of missed him recently. So, you know. No, no. Whoa, yeah, Nicole. Nicole says Ash yeah. was either hot or fire. So, yeah. That could be hot I'll garbage. Go with fire? Hot Ooh, okay, garbage. Yes. You missed the trash can icon. Uh, Choopy says I miss Ash. Okay. I I will say I just saw that uh, the actor who plays him in that um, some What's mushy romance show on Amazon Prime, and he mm. was adorable. So you know, oh, he was clean shaven though. It was very strange. <laughs> mm. All right, wow. everyone has gone yeah. way off the uh, we're wrong the rails. <laughs> I'm I just a Volk. hater. Where's I'm Volk? jealous. That's all it is. That's all it is. It was hot. Okay. Oh. Yeah. It was okay. hot. Fire emojis. Thank you, P Dubs. <laughs> all right. Much okay. uh, he was not for you. <laughs> <laughs> Much love for Ash Tyler. Yeah. Very good. I like Anything ending on that note every single episode. <laughs> <laughs> Ash Tyler thoughts. Divisive Ash Tyler. Oh yeah. yeah, you should make a banner like a, a little hot Device. freak for Ash Tyler. Ash Tyler talk. <laughs> Trash Tyler. Oh no. Oh, here we go. All right. All right. Okay, so uh, thanks for about <laughs> yeah. this. Hey, this was a, this turned out to be another loose hang. Excellent. Um, anything else to say about this episode, guys? Uh, no. 
know. I'll say I really enjoy Lee Rose. I feel like she does a great job directing these apps. So I hope she yeah. comes back for some more. Really enjoy them. Agreed. Um, I appreciate all y'all who showed up to join us for this live episode. It's really cool to see y'all again. And I'd been out for the past couple of weeks. So it's nice to, yeah, nice to be back in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. I I'll, that- I'll echo that. I'm super happy to be back with all of you. I'll, I can honestly say I've missed all of you, both my co-hosts and our people in the chat. And um, yeah, I think as exciting as this episode was, I'm disappointed that we've got to wait a couple or or a month, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a little longer than a month before we can kind of do this again. So I will Mm -hmm. say if you are looking to hang out, you should check out our our kind of our Patreon so you can come hang out in the Slack. Yeah. You should do it. I also I got oh, what side? I got three new Trek comic books, so I'm gonna read those and make some review videos for our patrons. So you should join if you want to check those out. Hey, do you have them back there? Oh, there. Oh they yeah. Are. Boop. Nice. Uh, awesome. Two, three. Yeah. Oh, and then there's this. Thank <laughs> you. It's been prompted, so. It's been a lo- it's been a while since you've done it. It's been a it's long been a long time. There we go. Get in front. Get in front. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us, and happy new year. Um, thank. We'll be 20- back in twenty 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 two. Is that where we're at? Yep. Yeah. Twenty twenty two. We will be back soon, February, to cover more disco. Uh, we'll probably check in before then, maybe do a Patreon episode or just a fun live, live stream, loose hang in January to kind of catch up on Prodigy. Um, at least maybe some of us will. Not Grant, because he doesn't like the cartoons. Uh, Mariah, tell people where they can uh, find us online. Uh, yeah, you can find us at StarTrekPod.co, where you can find all the links to subscribe to the show on audio platforms, as well as the link to our YouTube, so you can watch our lovely faces as we chit-chat on Thursday nights. Um, again, that's StarTrekPod.co. Clyde, how else can people connect with us on the internet? You can follow us on uh, at StarTrekPod on Insta and Twitter. Um, so just want to give a shout-out to Karen, who runs a Twitter. Thanks, Karen. Um, and, and we already mentioned um, Patreon, but yeah, I would love to have you come join our Star Trek Slack channel by making a $2 an episode pledge over at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Thank you so much for your support. We heart y'all. Do the heart. All right. We'll do the heart thing. Live long and prosper. Bye. Take care. Happy New Year's. Bye.